Hello, welcome to Saturday, a podcast for sads and gays. I'm kind of Kyle, and I desperately need a dick in my mouth. So today we are talking about, I had a few things that I wanted to talk about. So I initially wanted to make this my Saturday episode, a podcast for sads and theys to discuss non-binariness. And I recorded an episode and it was okay. I feel like I want to speak more bluntly and more positively. I want to talk about queer joy. Now, this is a concept that was introduced to me by uh, Fran Torado. Fran Torado, who is a writer uh, also on the podcast Food for Thought. Uh, they have an incredible newsletter. It's Fran fransquishko.com substack. You should definitely subscribe to their newsletter. So Fran Torado, Fran, I'll call them Fran. Um, please join the podcast if you're listening. I might reach out to you in hopes that you will. Please, we can talk about queer joy for days. So Fran has dedicated their newsletter to queer joy. And I wanted to put a pause on this because when I was listening to the episode that I was going to record, that I recorded and was going to release, I realized I just have been very into myself and very into my own head. And I think that's good. And honestly, I think I've needed it because I think everyone in COVID right now, there's just a lot of crazy energy going on out there. And we've had to think about our relationships to ourselves and to other people in ways that are so new and scary and just psychologically exhausting. And so I think in the process of just me coping with this pandemic and doing creative work, I think I have been self-absorbed, and I think it's been good. I think it's allowed me to get into my head more, but I think it's also caused me to focus on the self in ways that don't bring about joy and outside influences that inspire me. So I wanted to do that today. I wanted to think about queer joy, something that's really essential to my life. And I also wanted to bring about, when I think of queer joy, I think of beauty. I think of the beautiful. And this leads me to think about aesthetics. And I'm going to put this all together here. I tried to do it in the previous episode, but it was too negative. It's too negative, Nancy. It was too like, you. why, why are you upset, boo-boo? Stop crying. Go to your room. Uh, Yeah, no. So I want to work on this revision, this queer revision of queer joy and the aesthetics of queer joy. So without further wet-ass pussy, here are my thoughts on the aesthetics of queer joy. So I'm inevitably making this episode academic and intellectual because I'm a fucking academic and I'm intellectual and I suck. 
And this will lead me into already off to a great track talking about queer joy, right? I just said I suck, right? Great. Love that for me. So I am an academic and academics, particularly white academics, have a tendency to provide constant criticism in a excessively negative way with no hope for the future. And this is a common thread, particularly for white queer theorist. Now, I'm not going to be whole hoity-toity mumbo-jumbo academic here, but I do want to talk about things that I'm currently studying to apply it to my love for queer joy and to think about the aesthetics of queer joy. So I study aesthetics. I specifically study queer and feminist aesthetics as an academic. What does this mean for me? This specifically means that I am interested in ideas of beauty through a queer and feminist lens, through ideas that through ideas of beauty that highlight queer bodies, feminine bodies, bodies that have been told that they are other, that they are lesser than, that they are subservient to these patriarchal norms of what ideal beauty is based on male standards just used to subordinate and subject queer people and women and people of color. I'm getting off my soapbox now to tell you about other things because I am white and don't want to talk about perspectives that I don't know anything about because I couldn't possibly because I am not living in the body of those people who I was previously trying to speak on behalf of. Amen. So, yeah. What is aesthetics? To first talk about the aesthetics of queer joy, we need to first talk about what is aesthetics, right? Aesthetics, in short, is ideas of beauty. It is, definitionally, let me just pop up my definition from my dictionary here. Yes, I know what the definition is, but there's also a lot of philosophy behind it that I might try to get into just very briefly, because I don't want to bore y'all, and I want to get into queer joy. So, aesthetics is a set of principles concerned with the nature and appreciation of beauty, especially in art. The nature and appreciation of beauty, especially in art. So, aesthetics is a theory of beauty, why things are beautiful. On the previous podcast, I went on a rant about many different modes of aesthetics, so I'm going to try to keep it really brief here. But aesthetics is essential to why we understand anything in life. So a lot of early 18th century, 19th century thinkers who, yes, were all men, and yes, we should challenge that, um, who brought about theories of aesthetics, they would talk about aesthetics as a guiding principle to our understanding of our conceptual grasp of the material world. Our conceptual grasp of the material world. So our ability to create beautiful things, but also to appreciate beautiful things, 
is premised on our human capacity to understand the material world. And it's this understanding and desire to create form out of the material world, to create something out of nothing, right? That just guides so many other aspects of our human nature. It guides aspects of how we develop morals, how we establish right from wrong, how we establish politics, how we establish other systems of governance that sustain us and sustain our survival. So aesthetics is everything. Aesthetics is the appreciation of beauty, but an appreciation in theory of beauty, but the theory of beauty also suggests that we find things beautiful and that gives us power to that just gives us power like understanding beauty understanding forms and matter and understanding it in a way that's like both individual and collective um understanding why things are beautiful and how that attests to our capacity to give other things form it's a aesthetics is power aesthetics can be it can be power in the way that it often what has been perceived culturally as beautiful has been dictated by a patriarchal male gaze. Like theorists who developed the con- quote-unquote developed the concept of aesthetics were all white dudes and often they would understand aesthetics based on like the body is feminine because it's sensual and the mind is rational and therefore masculine. And so this has caused a lot of like enlightenment art, for example, to focus particularly on like naked white women standing, staring out the window passively for male consumption. So aesthetics is like it attests for our universal ability to find the beautiful, but it often has been solely dictated by men and the white male gaze so in that way it hasn't been universal but it has in its ability of being just a concept that anyone can use it has been reclaimed and i see aesthetics in everything around me particular particularly by queer and femme people so do you understand what aesthetics means now? And if you understood it before, like, sorry for explaining. I don't want to assume that the audience knows all of these things just because I'm autistic and I have a particular interest that I like to study ridiculously. Like, I do this all the time and I've decided to add it onto the podcast because I'm a glutton for punishment. Punish me, daddy. Punish me. So if I had to break this down, I would say... Aesthetics is the theory of why things are beautiful, and that's important because the reason why we understand things are beautiful is the reason why we understand, like, everything in life, and yeah, and so what is, what does it mean by the aesthetics of queer joy? If aesthetics means the theory of the beautiful and how that relates to just like how we understand the world in general, I think the aesthetics of queer joy means understanding the beauty, understanding and appreciating the beauty of queer joy as it also attests to a way of living, of creating new 
ways of seeing and being in the world that are just healing and community building and very positive and warm and sexy meow did i mention that i need a dick in my mouth sorry like i just <laughs> have to remind people sometimes i got distracted and went on grinder so the aesthetics of queer joy appreciating the beauty of queer joy as it helps us build community in a warm and positive way so how do we how do i how do you how do we we could make believe gay joy killed the patriarchy it will trust me so yes i want to connect this to things that have brought me queer joy as a sadder they and i know in the episodes anyway i say things that make me sad and things that make me gay and am i sad or gay which you know what i'll just say it now so that i can just go directly back into queer joy okay things that make me sad is i'm sad right now i'm sad because i've been a little bit of a selfish bitch and i haven't been a great friend and that's okay i mean it's not okay to be a shitty friend but like i've been in my own mind because i am struggling a little bit with gender identity stuff and i just have a lot of work and stuff and i'm coming to feel less dysphoric about it and more happy about the potential to express myself in ways that i didn't think were possible before so sad or gay i've been sad and i'm getting back to gay i'm getting back to gay y'all i'm and they i'm all the they thems it's all in me uh i took that from someone on tiktok well like they did it differently but i used it's it's from them i don't know their name stop it so now that we've gotten that out of the way i want to talk about things that make me gay things that make me queer things that bring queer joy so i've talked about briefly the experimentation with my gender has really been liberating it has been a struggle for me recently but i think in the past um i was trying too hard to relate to cis women's problems and their experiences and because i thought that would validate my own femininity and my own like non-binaryness transness like i don't like to say trans for myself because i do think i'm more non-binary although that's subject to change to be honest like it depends on how i feel as i adopt more of a feminine persona that i feel more adequately associated with but i realized i was doing that i realized that i was trying very hard to relate to my cis female friends because i wanted it to give me 
validation of my own femininity and my own like my own transition into a feminine persona that I've always aligned myself with and that's not right because one is like I realized I was kind of being defensive because I uh, like because we know with trans people right like with trans people there's especially among like tra- I shouldn't say especially like among transphobes there's like the threat of a trans like I'll use trans woman as an example there's like the worry among certain cis women I've heard them speak particularly cis white women in my experience like the fear of cis straight white women um actually yeah lesbians cis lesbians have done this too um the fear that a trans woman is trying to like still is a man that still has privilege that's just trying to claim these experiences for the sake of just feeling like feeling subjected under the patriarchy while also like privileging from the patriarchy and that's a conversation like i always i try to tell people and like i've heard contrapoint say this too like the experiences of cis women and trans women are obviously vastly different but there is a shared shared experiences in the subjugation of how Uh, of subjugation of treatment under the patriarchy so i've had to remind myself that and not try to see myself in every woman's problem but just also like learn to take a step back and just let let cis women speak for themselves on their own experiences i don't need to try to relate to validate my own gender identity and um in the process of like trying to relate i've actually been like putting my own narrative over theirs. And that's not helpful either for any sort of feminist collectivity. And while I was going through this, I had to realize that I was kind of suffering from gender envy, kind of envying the these women. And even like, this is going to sound fucked up, but like even in their negative experiences, I was like, oh, I have an opportunity to bond with these women, but now I don't because I also don't understand those experiences fully as a non-binary person. And rather than need to fully relate to them, I can listen to their stories and be find joy in their stories of survival too. Um, and I think that's what brings me into queer joy is like learning that we can have different experiences and be joyful in that difference and not make it an undermining or a challenge to my own identity and how I identify it with myself. And the other thing too is like, I've been seeking validation from people about my gender and looks and TikTok hasn't helped this and Instagram hasn't helped this. Um, I still want, like, I still want clout. I still want, I still desire like followers on TikTok and, and uh, followers on the podcast and stuff like that. But the more I'm perceived also, the more that I'll be, you know, misperceived, the more I'll be misgendered, the more I'll be assumed as a cis gay man when I've never fully identified as a man. Um, Yeah, these are like things that I have to accept as I move forward. And 
rather than try, even though I've been doing this for a decent amount of the podcast, rather than try to make it solely about myself, I can make it about the joy of the shared queer experience as varied as it may be. So that has been liberating for me. And so now I want to lead it into thoughts on the aesthetics of queer joy and examples that I have that relate to queer liberation, just degendering standards that we have in this patriarchal society. I sound like I'm, I'm getting off the soapbox soon. Uh, just things, music that gives us liberation, outfits, makeup, artists, all of those people. So first, I mean, my friends obviously give me queer joy and my listeners, so thank you for that. People who give me queer joy or things that give me queer joy, I have a few examples recently. So, and I I will include this in the Saturday newsletter. So first, I have Rico Nasty. Um, Rico Nasty, if you don't know who she is, she is a... I mean, if you don't know her, like, what the fuck are you doing? But she is a SoundCloud rapper, uh, but, like, very punk. Very punk. Now, I don't know if she identifies as queer, but she has referred to herself as a pop-punk princess, and I think that is extremely queer vibes, and I love it. Just Google a picture of her, which is what I'm doing right now. Just Google images. She love her punk aesthetic her entire outfits are very like spikes and chains and black and leather and i just fucking live for it so she was recently on npr's tiny desk and right now i've just seen clips from the instagram but uh from the instagram from the instagram from her instagram um but it is on YouTube, and I'm going to watch it directly after this. But the clips that I've seen have been Mwah, chef's kiss phenomenal. Rico Nasty, queer joy, pure queer joy. Up next, we have this should probably surprise no one. Uh, Little Nas X and just the announcement of the debut of Montero. This is... Lil Nas X is the Madonna of our time. I hope you understand that. I think that queer people do most. The A queer person that doesn't understand that, don't call yourself queer. I don't want to gatekeep queerness, but, like, I'll be coming for you, just, like, knocking at the door, being like, Kanichiwa, bitches, fucking taking that queer card away, going to Queerco Costco's. Get myself a little queer tan, a little queer wig, and some cha-cha heels. Montero has been just, like, absolutely killing it this uh, this entire year. Just everything is so gay and so queer. And also, Lil Nas X. First of all, I've, been, I've made a few parody videos about your content, all in a very loving way on TikTok. They've all gone viral. One of them was censored. I'm so upset. Lil Nas X, you're not listening to this, and that's okay. But, like, 
just boost boost my content on TikTok, please. And and this, because I'm I'm saying good stuff, you know? So like get the word out for me. I'll help you. But yes, Lil Nas X Montero is coming out, I think September 17th. And just Call Me By Your Name, the video Call Me By Your Name has been incredible. Industry Baby has been great. Um, just like samples from my, what I hear from the ad. Oh, like beautiful, like phenomenal, just Madonna, just everything, just everything challenging the status quo, saying fuck you to white heterosexuality. It's, oh my God, so good. Love it. Living for it. In happy, joyful ways and teasing, playful ways. His Twitter is hilarious. His TikToks are fucking hilarious. So funny. So talented. So fun. Like, oh my god, I love him so much. So, little Nas X. Thank you. Thank God for you. The devil beneath my wings and butthole, I hope. No, he's so young. I don't like. I don't like to sexualize Lil Nas. Even though, why do I say that? Like he's he, sexuality is his brand. I don't like to think of him in too much of a sexual way, as much as a adoration way, because he's twenty one, and I just can't. Like I don't fetishize younger people. But his work is incredible, and yes, obviously he's sexy as fuck. Okay, the last one for queer joy on my list. I could go on and on and on and on. But I should end this soon. And I want to end this on a really great note. The last person I have on my list for queer joy is a TikTok creator called uh, Mercury Stardust. She also goes by uh, the Trans Handy Ma'am. She just teaches about handiwork, you know, Things like wall repair, things like why shouldn't you use Drano, um, all this sink plungers. I'm just checking out her TikTok right now. It's all really incredible work, and it's like geared towards women and people who want to learn that stuff that like often are dictated by men to, oh, do this, do that, in a very aggressive way. Um... Her work is very, she's just so bright and lively and positive, and she has just the the most inviting laugh. It's just so, like, you just want to laugh with her in such, like, a harmonious, queer way. I love her content so much. Just very positive, happy, and informative vibes i love it i love it so much highly recommend now it's come to say goodbye to all the faggotry m-i-c-k-e-y suck some dick please so how can i end this podcast what can i say about queer joy i hope i've shown I hope I've been able to explain in ways what aesthetics is and what the aesthetics of queer joy is. If I were to summarize what I think as those examples are, how they relate to the aesthetics of queer joy, I think a thorough line of all these queer artists um, is perseverance. Perseverance through suffering and a very tough but very, like, 
warm and fun persona and uh, creative work. Queer Joy is about resilience through what society didn't want you to be, what they tried to prevent you from being. So I've had to, in the process of me struggling with my gender identity, I've had to learn a lot to let go of anger, to let go of anger towards myself, to let go of anger towards, you know, cis men in particular, straight cis men and men who have abused me. Um, And I've also had to let go of certain anger towards cis women, which I realized was more realistically probably envy and me being very defensive out of the fear of being misunderstood, invalidated, and rejected. And that plunge into rage, which can serve as a good tool many a times, can also hinder, and it has allowed me from the dark place to rise up and to revel in queer joy. Seeing other queer artists do this, seeing other queer creators, I mean, I mentioned people that were main, more mainstream, more popular, like they have like millions of followers or at least a million followers um, or just like a lot of clout. There's a lot of like smaller artists that do this. There's a lot of local artists that do this. And that's why I always emphasize to people like if there is a community near you, a queer community of queer artists that are working on creative work, join them, reach out to them. I know it's very difficult during this time, during a pandemic, to do that, but we still have Zoom, we still have digital opportunities to do that. TikTok's been really helpful for me to do that as well. So this leads me into the announcement for the upcoming episode. I will be interviewing Matisse Dupont. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, She is a TikToker as well, a TikToker, a TikTok creator as well. She is a gender consultant. She is an artist. She is an educator from my area, which is incredible. And it's just an example of how you can find community wherever you are. I understand if you're in rural areas, that sucks for you. And I wish I had better advice to offer you. Um, there's a podcast called Out in the Woods that I would recommend listening to. So that might be helpful to finding a community there. But we all have these opportunities to find queer joy. Um, even if you don't have the community physically there yet, um, revel in the moments of things around you that can provide bliss for you. I think we all need to be reminded of that at these times, especially with the fucking Texas abortion ban. I can't talk about that right now. I'm trying to stay focused on queer joy. But anyway, look forward to that new episode that will be coming out in a couple weeks. Find moments of queer joy and revel in them. Be grateful for your friends. Be grateful for your family. Be grateful for yourself and all that you're doing right now. I'm kind of Kyle. You can find me on Instagram at kinda underscore K-Y-L-E or at Saturday Podcast. 
You can also find me on TikTok at Cruella Demented. Don't want to spell that right now. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And subscribe to the Saturday newsletter if you want to, saturday.substack.com. I love you all so much. Kisses, mwah, mwah, and mwah to your little pecker. Happy Saturday!